Good morning everyone. I Alina Tommy have prepared an audiobook on the chapter The Last Lesson by Alphonse Daudet. Alphonse Daudet was a French novelist and short story writer. He wrote his first novel at the age of 14. The writer who is fondly known as the French Dickens mostly wrote sentimental tales of provincial life in southern France. He is best known for the role he played in the transition of 19th century theater. The last lesson is set in the days of the Franco-Prussian War in which France was defeated by Prussia led by Bismarck. Prussia then consisted of what now are the nations of Germany, Poland and parts of Austria. In this story, the French districts of Alsace and Lorraine have passed into Prussian hands. Let us hear the narration of the story now. I started for school very late that morning and was in great dread of a scolding especially because M Hamel had said that he would question us on participles and I did not know the first word about them for a moment I thought of running away and spending the day out of doors it was so warm so bright the birds were chirping at the edge of the woods and in the open field back of the sawmill the prussian soldiers were drilling it was all much more tempting than the rule for participles but i had the strength to resist and hurried off to school when i passed the town hall there was a crowd in front of the bulletin board for the last 2 years all our bad news had come from there the lost battles the draft the orders of the commanding officer and i thought to myself without stopping what can be the matter now then as i hurried by as fast as i could go the blacksmith watcher who was there with his apprentice reading the bulletin called after me don't go so fast bub you'll get to your school in plenty of time i thought he was making fun of me and reached m hamel's little garden all out of breath usually when school began there was a great bustle which could be heard out in the street the opening and closing of desks lessons repeated in unison very loud with our hands over our ears to understand better and the teacher's great ruler rapping on the table but now it was all so still i had counted on the commotion to get to my desk without being seen but of course that day everything had to be as quiet as sunday morning through the window i saw my classmates already in their places and m hamel walking up and down with his terrible iron ruler under his arm i had to open the door and go in before everybody you can imagine how i blushed and how frightened i was but nothing happened m hamel saw me and said very kindly go to your place quickly little france we were beginning without you i jumped over the bench and sat down at my desk not till then when i had got a little over my fright did i see that our teacher had on his beautiful green coat his frilled shirt and the little black silk cap all embroidered that he never wore except on inspection and prize days besides the whole school seemed so strange and solemn but the thing that surprised me most was to see on the back benches that were always empty the village people sitting quietly like ourselves old hosser with his three cornered hat the former mayor the former postmaster and several others besides 
Everybody looked sad, and Hauser had brought an old primer, thumbed at the edges, and he held it open on his knees with his great spectacles lying across the pages. While I was wondering about it all, M. Hamel mounted his chair, and in the same grave and gentle tone which he had used to me, said, My children, this is the last lesson I shall give you. The order has come from Berlin to teach only German in the schools of Alsace and Lorraine. The new master comes tomorrow. This is your last French lesson. I want you to be very attentive. What a thunderclap these words were to me. Oh, the wretches, that was what they had put up at the town hall. My last French lesson. Why, I hardly knew how to write. I should never learn any more. I must stop there then. Oh, how sorry I was not for not learning my lessons, for seeking birds' eggs or going sliding on the sar. My books that had seemed such a nuisance a while ago, so heavy to carry, my grammar and my history of the saints were old friends now that I couldn't give up. And M. Hamel too, the idea that he was going away, that I should never see him again, made me forget all about his ruler and how cranky he was. Poor man, it was in honour of this last lesson that he had put on his fine Sunday clothes. And now I understood why the old men of the village were sitting there in the back of the room. It was because they were sorry, too, that they had not gone to school more. It was their way of thanking our master for his forty years of faithful service and of showing their respect for the country that was theirs no more. While I was thinking of all this, I heard my name called. It was my turn to recite. What would I not have given to be able to say that dreadful rule for the participle all through, very loud and clear, and without one mistake? But I got mixed up on the first words and stood there, holding on to my desk, my heart beating and not daring to look up. I heard M. Hamel say to me, I won't scold you, little Franz, you must feel bad enough. See how it is. Every day we have said to ourselves, Ba, I have plenty of time. I'll learn it tomorrow. And now you see where we have come out. Ah, that's the great trouble with Alsace. She puts off learning till tomorrow. Now those fellows out there will have the right to say to you, How is it you pretend to be Frenchmen and yet you can neither speak nor write your own language? But you are not the worst, poor little France. We have all a great deal to reproach ourselves with. Your parents were not anxious enough to have you learn. They preferred to put you to work on a farm or at the mills, so as to have a little more money. And I, I have been to blame also. Have I not often sent you to water my flowers instead of learning your lessons? And when I wanted to go fishing, did I not just give you a holiday? Then, from one thing to another, M. Hamel went on to talk of the French language, saying that it was the most beautiful language in the world, the clearest, the most logical, that we must guard it among us and never forget it. Because when a people are enslaved, as long as they hold fast to their language, it is as if they had the key to their prison. Then he opened a grammar and read us our lesson. I was amazed to see how well I understood it. All he said seemed so easy, so easy. 
I think too that I had never listened so carefully, and that he had never explained everything with so much patience. It seemed almost as if the poor man wanted to give us all he knew before going away, and to put it all into our heads at one stroke. After the grammar, we had a lesson in writing. That day, M. Hamel had new copies for us, written in a beautiful round hand: France, Alsace, France, Alsace. They looked like little flags floating everywhere in the schoolroom, hung from the rod at the top of our desk. You ought to have seen how everyone set to work and how quiet it was. The only sound was the scratching of the pens over the paper. Once some beetles flew in, but nobody paid any attention to them, not even the littlest ones, who worked right on tracing their fish hooks as if that was French too. On the roof, the pigeons cooed very low. and i thought to myself will they make them sing in german even the pigeons whenever i looked up from my writing i saw m hamel sitting motionless in his chair and gazing first at one thing then at another as if he wanted to fix in his mind just how everything looked in that little schoolroom fancy for 40 years he had been there in the same place with his garden outside the window and his class in front of him just like that only the desks and the benches had been worn smooth the walnut trees in the garden were taller and the hop vine that he had planted himself twined about the windows to the roof how it must have broken his heart to leave it all poor man to hear his sister moving about in the room above packing their trunks for they must leave the country the next day but he had the courage to hear every lesson to the very last after the writing we had a lesson in history and then the baby started there ba bi bi bo bu down there at the back of the room old hauser had put on his spectacles and holding his primer in both hands spelled the letters with them you could see that he too was crying his voice trembled with emotion and it was so funny to hear him that we all wanted to laugh and cry ah uh, how will i remember it that last lesson all at once the church clock struck 12 then the angelus at the same moment the trumpets of the prussians returning from drill sounded under our windows m hamel stood up very pale in his chair i never saw him look so tall my friends said he i i but he heard someone coming master master another order has come from berlin said woster the blacksmith trying hard to control his breath what are you saying woster it says that french language can still be taught in schools but before woster could com- could complete m hamel bent down and burst into tears of joy seeing m hamel all the students and villagers too got emotional but woster continued but master we have got to pay a price for it it's written in the order that whoever wishes to teach french has to pay 70 francs to the prussian government and those willing to learn 40 francs each hearing this m hamel was saddened it was not because he was hesitant to pay but he was thinking about the parents of the school children for whom a little more money was more important than the education of the children but to his surprise all the villagers stood up joined each other's hands and said master 
you have given us 40 years of your precious service so 40 francs seem so significant before your immense dedication hence we will make sure that all the children of alsace and lorraine will learn their mother tongue with utmost sincerity hearing this he heaved a sigh of relief stood up and wrote on the blackboard vive la france the reason why i have chosen the story is that it made me realize the importance of holding on to one's identity and culture and not taking it for granted as it enables us to preserve our heritage and history apart from this it also made me realize the immense importance of time and the consequences of procrastination opportunity knocks at the door only once so let us grab it well that is the end of my audiobook thank you for paying attention have a nice day Thank you.